Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The show is about to begin. episode i'm chatting with travis and wayne the founders of utopia fest the beloved music festival based in texas i'm very excited to share this episode with you guys because from researching and looking into utopia fest it's clear to see that utopia fest is much more than a music festival it's an experience it does exactly what it says on the tin it's utopia and who doesn't want to experience utopia so without further ado let's Get on with the show. Travis and Wayne, you're very welcome to Concerts That Made Us. Thank you very much. Good to be here. I'm delighted to have you. I'm delighted to share Utopia Fest with the listeners. Thank you, man. Uh, Yeah, we really appreciate uh, getting the the word out there. and we're, We're excited to share about it. Now, before we get to Utopia Fest, I have to ask, what's your earliest musical memory? Hmm. Earliest musical memory. I'm going to say mine is probably my sister's holding the jam box up to the TV and recording different sound uh, tracks onto a tape and then then listening to them in the car, like Grease and Grease 2, for instance, were on tape via the TV and they would just wait each song and hit record. And I remember like how cool of a process it was. And then the next thing I know, we're on the road to the beach and a family trip listening to the, the music and just how excited they were about it. I was much younger than them and just kind of pulled me in to the whole idea. Uh, I'm going to say, I don't know. My, I come from like a, just a really musical family. My mom and her uh, sisters were, were always singing and they were like big in like the church choir and whatnot. And I like grew up, you know, in the church world. So that's probably where uh, I experienced it the most at first, but, uh, yeah, we, I was living out in utopia, which is like a pretty remote place. So, uh, my exposure to a lot of music was pretty limited, but I, I don't know. I just remember getting into like, you know, the alternative and like grunge rock phase and all that, uh, just through like the, the two radio stations, uh, <laughs> that we would get out there. And, um, and then, uh, yeah, we, I remember being, uh, like a first adopter of like Napster and LimeWire and like burning CDs and stuff. And I started being like one of the providers of like burn CDs in, in high school and stuff. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say the very first, but. Geez, the, the good old days of sharing music that way, huh? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and what was a point in your early life then that made you realize you wanted to work in the music industry? Uh, for me, I honestly had no real desire to, I don't know. I, it was hard for me to pick a a clear path for, uh, most of like my school years. And I just, I went, I, so I grew up out in utopia and then 
went to uh, Texas State University in San Marcos, which is just south of Austin, and just kind of got into a communications degree, just wasn't really sure what I was going to do with it. Um, but I don't know, I, I just kind of fell into doing the festival thing because, I mean, I loved um, going to shows, uh, music, playing shows, and I started like working security at, at concerts as a, as a side gig. And, and I just kind of got to know a lot of really great musicians and bands. And then, I don't know, I just one day kind of clicked to like what a great spot uh, my family had out in Utopia, Texas, um, the ranch that's been in my family for generations now and just how fortunate we were to, to have it. And I wanted to invite friends out there, but I also wanted to like bring this music experience to Utopia. So we just invited like everyone we could and had like nine bands out there on a Saturday and just had like a little 200 person pasture party. And I didn't really think much of it or have big plans for it, but I uh, just wanted to make it a little bit bigger and better every year. And uh, the second year I'd invited this uh, production company to help, help film it, um, who were connected with Wayne. And, uh, and then they loved it so much after the, the second year, which was a little bit bigger. Um, they offered a co-producer with me for the third year, uh, which is when Wayne came in and they, and together, like as a team, we all, we took it from like 300 to like 1200 to 1500 over the next couple of years. And then slowly it grew to like 2000 and, and throughout the whole time, it was really just like my main part-time job. I always called it, but I was still like working security. And then I was doing like construction and like all kinds of other side jobs, uh, you name it. But um, so it's never been my, my, well, it's been my number one thing. But it's never been like a full-time thing, but, but now it's led me to like, uh, we're actually opening like a, a barn venue, which is another kind of long story. So we're going to, instead of doing the, once or twice a year, um, main events. And we, we've also produced all kinds of other just smaller shows, but now we're going to have like a full-time home for music, um, here in Buda, which is just South of Austin. Um, that's, that's the shortest version possible, but I don't know. What would you say after your story, Wayne? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I was in theater growing up and so I always loved being around a stage and performances in musical theater and then in college i started playing music with some friends um actually took a break from education for a year just to, to try to be in a band which was unsuccessful but it got me hooked on the idea and then so i, I had bands throughout the rest of college and uh you know other things just drawing me to the stage after i got out of college i started doing production for photo work and and film work and some of that film work was concerts as well uh so i've just always been drawn to any performance um i feel like i've been throwing parties since i was 17 we would throw theme parties out at friends houses who didn't have parents or parents were away um and just sort of trying to make it better and more efficient every time and uh just try to I don't know. I think the whole goal is to have everyone have a good time, feel accepted and, and be as safe as possible. You mentioned that the, the ranch has been in your family for a hundred years. Was right. this, you know, I have this image. We don't have ranches over, over in Europe, unfortunately, but uh, I have this image that people that own ranches are very, especially for that long, are very traditional. Were your family okay with throwing a music festival on the ranch? Um, surprisingly, they're very supportive, but so the ranch is called the four sisters ranch, which is my mom and her three sisters. And then they all 
they all have a couple kids. And then uh, there's granny who's like the matriarch. Um, but yeah, like I, I couldn't believe how supportive they were. I mean, but it was really just because they believed in me so much and they wanted to support me. But then, you know, after, after we started having, it, I mean, what kept it going for the most part was just how respectful and appreciative the, the crowd were, uh, was. We just, you know, just, we attracted a certain type of, of crowd and community that was just really just kind and treated the land very well for the most part. Obviously there's always like a handful of, of troublemakers, but like by and large, like everyone was just really great. And that's, that's the only reason that they kept it going. But yeah, especially after, after, uh, they experienced like some aspects of, of the nature of like these type of things, like after some of the things they saw, I was surprised that they were still (laughs) for it. But I mean, but, but over time, it definitely, it kind of developed a spectrum between like the four sisters of, of, uh, a pretty wide spectrum of how excited about it they were right you could say yeah uh, actually uh the oldest sister uh diane has been like the biggest champion actually uh but then uh, maybe the one below her not, not as enthusiastic and my mom has always kind of been begrudgingly supportive um because she wants to support me as well but she's always tried to get me to to stop doing it and become and get like a nine to five job and then the youngest sister is really, really into it, but yeah, uh, that was, that was really amazing because you're right. I mean, it's, it's a very conservative and traditional community. So like, you know, some of the people in the area thought it was like the worst thing to ever happen to it, but, but then others, you know, loved it and supported it. And I mean, all the people that I really grew up with the most and cared about the most, uh, would come and, and really appreciated it. But, but yeah, so but it also was a tremendous stress on the on our family and the land and stuff as well. I mean, even though that, it, you couldn't really tell much of a, a mark on the land per se, but it, it was still a just stressful and risky thing. And and also we kind of had hit a, a cap uh, or hit a maximum amount of attendees that we could comfortably host out there, and it still wasn't really sustainable. So we actually decided to to launch it off into the world and and twenty eighteen. Um, to, and move it closer to Austin to try to get to another level of of uh, sustainability and size. Um, but that's another super long story too. I kind of backfired on us and we've kind of been like recovering ever since. Um, but then we also decided to kind of reboot, yeah, we kind of rebooted the concept and started doing smaller events back to the original location as well. But at, in the same time that we're doing these bigger events um, and now it's in Burnett, Texas, just Northwest of Austin. And uh, we're coming up on our fourth uh, event there in October. Ah, I see. I see. And as the years have gone by, do you think you've fulfilled your original vision of what it would be? Or do you think you still need to to grow to reach that vision? Well, uh, yeah, there, there never was a super specific or clear vision for it. Honestly, I mean, we just wanted to, like Wayne said, host a safe and fun time. And I mean from the beginning, I just wanted to make it a little bit bigger and better every year. And I mean, I, it's definitely far exceeded any, any expectations or hopes that I, I could have ever had. I mean, it's just been fulfilling and just so many different ways and just led to all kinds of just amazing uh, connections and experiences for, and, and just really touched a lot of lives. So yeah, I mean, it's been uh, super fulfilling and, and uh, just a really great, experience for us so we're really proud of it 
one thing I noticed is just the vibe that seems to be there. You know, everybody is happy. It's peaceful. It's just, you know, pure music lovers. How do you go about establishing that vibe and maintaining it? A part of it is, uh, I guess, the booking of the bands. We book an eclectic amount. There's no nothing that's too over the top. It's all family friendly as far as um, the distortion goes, as far as the yelling goes, as far as any cursing goes. It's it kind of, but it's also of a quality level to where if that's something you are into, you don't necessarily miss it for the weekend. Um, and I think also when you throw music down with campers, anyone driving an hour to three hours, depending on which ranch to come camping is already on the same page. They have a respect for nature. They've come mostly prepared they're, you know, they're now like hanging up uh, decorations in the trees. They know their campsite. Um, and so I think when you have all these campers and music lovers, you've already created a space that's people are just ready to be outside uh, it's so not crowded. Both these uh, ranches are around a thousand acres and we only have 2000 people out there. And so like everyone could fit in front of the sound booth if they wanted to. Uh, there's no lines for the bathrooms, very little lines for the bars. It's instead of a huge fest where you're actually having to negotiate through a sea of people. Actually, when you bump into people here, you, you want to talk to them and chat up. And so the community starts to build because no one's really, in a hurry just to, to see a band that they may miss because there's so many stages and so many people to get through. It's so it's the environment, uh, the camping and the music really conduct uh, the peaceful crowd. And I suppose at this stage, you probably actually have a community of fans that come back every year almost. Yeah, I believe over the years, it's like 66% return rate. Uh, We've had people now that have raised their kids there over nine years to the point where like, we got to get them this year because we might lose them next year. They're 16 now <laughs> as far as their interest level goes. Uh, we've had couples meet there and then two years later got engaged there. And then two years later got married there. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. We've had several weddings and so. engagements. Oh, that's interesting. Now you don't often hear about that at music festivals. Yeah. And I mean, it's just the nature of having it so intimate, like you said, it just really separates it from a lot of the, of the other ex festival experiences. You know, we've really tried to cut out all of the negative and stressful aspects of, of going to just shows and events like that. What are some of the highlights for you guys from the, the previous years? Oh man. Uh, I'd say every time rubble bucket played, uh, I was amazed. Uh, I'd say Valerie June um, has played there a couple of times. I mean, it's really just endless experiences. We've had late night stages with um, totally acoustic where 50 people are watching at three in the morning and just bawling their eyes out because the music's so emotional. One of the classic moments uh, or, or set of, of moments was with uh, Charles Bradley. I don't know if you were familiar with him, but uh, he was there in 2012 and and that year we had like basically like a monsoon all day. We had like three years in a row of rain, but uh, this one evening was pretty steady rain. And um, he was like just to the nines and like really fancy uh, suit and, and nice shoes and everything. And, and he was like, so moved that our crowd, you know, just, 
just went went in on the rain and just like really stuck it out and just got really got into it. He was so moved by it that like at the end of the show, he like jumped off the stage and started hugging everybody and just like created this like just this huge love moment. And also we also we had also even had to shut down the show like in the middle of his set because like something was underwater and like he came back and yeah, so it was a little dramatic. Um, but yeah, it just everyone was just totally just blown away by that show and just like that his uh his act of love and then and then he was actually able to come back a couple years later and and we had perfect weather and just like just had an amazing show and uh and then after that um in 2017 um while while we were out there uh we actually found out that he had passed like he'd passed during that weekend so like it was a really moving moment, like with everyone that had seen him once or twice out there and just had these incredible shows. And then we all found out that he passed together and we like set up a uh, improv like tribute and played a video from when he was there. So that was, that was a really, really special time, but I don't know. I'll, I also always think a lot about the first year that it, that it was like on the, on the bigger scale and just like how, what an exciting and special feeling that was like, we had this one band from Australia uh, called Art versus Science. And it was like their first show in the US and and like hardly anyone knew them, but they just like blew everyone's minds. And it just was like the first, like I just really had this feeling that like, man, we're like, we're really onto something. Like there's a lot of potential here. Like this is special. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like that was the uh the point where you realized all the hard work was paying off. So yeah. As well as Utopia Fest, you had Utopia Sessions back in March and Viva Utopia in April. Can you tell us a bit about that? Uh, yeah, so there's kind of been all these these branches off of the fest over the years. And uh, Utopia Sessions began as like a a uh, South by Southwest um, experience uh, that that uh, our former partners, uh, the Onion Creek Productions and Wayne and I w- were doing for years where we would, we wanted to create like a Utopia uh esque like um oasis in the in the madness of south by where we would invite bands um to a to like a house or i don't know one time we had it on the top floor of a condo and it was just like invite only and we would just shoot uh video sessions with the bands and yeah there's, there's a lot of really great videos from that on youtube and then it kind of it's kind of evolving into more of a, a traditional day party but still like more intimate and more easy and more of the utopia feel um but like I mentioned, we also, um, after we moved Utopia Fest to burn it and had a really rough time in the process, we decided to reboot the original concept back at the Four Sisters Ranch. And that was called it Sweet Party the first couple of times, but then we called it Viva Utopia after that in April. And that's turned into a really special thing for us. It's about 500 people and just really kind of back to the basics campground, uh, camp out uh, with just one stage and and just no no bells and whistles, just, just the camping and the hang and the music, which has been really great. Um, but yeah, we've also just done Utopia presents a bunch of other just standalone shows over the years as well. And and like I said, now we're, we're turning it into a full-time venue. We might as well get to this year's festival. It's taken place between October 14th and 15th with a lineup, including John Schofield, Shovels and Rope and Sir Women. What more can you, can you tell us about it? Oh, man, the music's off the chain this year. We have horseback riding this year. Uh-huh. We have a 13-hole disc golf course, which you can hear uh, the stages from the course. It's kind of amazing. And the you get to the last couple 
holes and you're looking over the stages up at all the people while you're listening to music and playing disc golf. Um, got morning yoga is back and a gong bath. Uh, after the main stages stop, we'll have uh, Purple B. We'll have a family jam back at their camp and then we'll have a silent disco around a bonfire with uh, 300 cordless headphones um, and DJs so the families can sleep and uh, the late nighters can can continue on. Sounds absolutely epic. The only, if I had to pick a downside to it, the only downside I could see with it is that it's only two days. It should be like a mm -hmm. month long. It sounds like such an epic experience. We wish, yeah. We do have a traditional uh, Thursday pre-party, so, so people who can't get enough, which is usually about half the crowd, comes in on Thursday. We have, you know, we don't start till seven, so people can get there early and pick their usual campsite, and then we have three or four bands play that Thursday to sort of christen uh, the land. We, it gets us one stage up and going, and then by the time we get rolling the next day, we'll have both stages going. Uh, so that's been, you know, we we have realized it's not long enough. And so <laughs> we tried to add, and then we have a special people who really want to come in. They can come in Wednesday if they want to come camp early, super early. Um, a lot of times people want to land there for their friends. We've got like 80 registered camps with us now. And those are anywhere from six to 30 people big. Um, and so those camps will often see, you know, year after year. And Tickets, of course, are available at the moment, are they? Yes, indeed. Yeah, at utopiafest.com. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. I'll, uh, I'll include links in the show notes for this episode anyway to make it easy for the, the listeners to get them. For sure. Yeah, um, I don't know. I'm really excited about uh, as far as this year. Uh, you know, we have like a couple legends. We always try to get some, some, uh, some of the more legendary figures. Like this year, we have John Schofield and Victor Wooten. Um, but also we have some really, um, really down home kind of utopia fest house bands. Like you mentioned, Sir Woman, uh, that's Kelsey Wilson, who used to be in wild child, who became uh, really successful and they're about to come out with a new album again soon, but, um, they're amazing. They they're playing almost every year. Then, uh, one of the coolest things we have happening is Charlie tuna from Jurassic five is going to be backed by Brownout, um, which is all, also, they also are main members from group of Phantasma, but they've been kind of a traditional uh, staple for us. They've backed up like Bernie Worrell in the past and like Gene Ween and, and, uh, and they do, yeah, they're, they're just one of those main house bands. So it's going to be like a once in a lifetime thing with them uh, comboed with, with Charlie Tuna. It's going to be really epic. They're like an eight piece, like Latin funk ensemble. So that's gonna be a really special one. Sounds uh, unmissable now, to be honest with you. If yeah. I wasn't all the way over here in Ireland, I'd be definitely the, the hey, first in the queue to get in there. Let's make it happen. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And would I be right in saying that you guys didn't have to stop during the pandemic, that the way you guys do it, you could keep going? Uh, we ended up postponing. We technically could have, but we we had like a small, like 200 person event in October of 2020. And it, it was like almost just like kind of an invite only thing or like a little under the radar. Um, but we did come back uh, strong in, in 21 in April as well as in, in October. Um, so we, we were definitely one of the only bigger, quote unquote, bigger scale events uh, or one of the first 
uh, bigger scale events to come back like in our, our region for sure. Yeah, there was just too un- there was too many unknowns. Like technically, we could have actually had it in 2020 as well, but there was just kind of too un- many unknowns, and a lot of the touring bands were canceling and everything. Yeah, yeah. I suppose I didn't think about that. There was actually a whatever about you guys being able to do it. There was a lot of bands that weren't actually touring. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So and, and yeah, it was just a mixed bag. But we were pretty gung ho about going forward up, and you know, as long as we could. Then we decided to postpone. In 23 and 24, there's actually something very special happening. What what will it be? Uh, so there's two solar events that are um, happening over Texas. I'm sure the rest of the world as well. But one of them uh, is October 2023. It's an annual eclipse that's kind of striping across Texas from right to left, diagonal down. Uh, and that's where the, the moon's a little bit closer so it doesn't completely cover the sun you have a, yeah you have a little bit larger corona and the path of totality goes over the ranch back in utopia texas uh so that's going to be great we're going to have a eclipse utopia event there and then eight months later in april 2024 there's a second there's another event and it's a total eclipse um and it the path of this one also makes an X over Texas uh, with the other path eight months previous. And in the, in the vertex of that X uh, somewhere in that vertex is the ranch. And so both of them are going over the ranch. And so it's kind of this weird event that you would, uh, I think it's a rare thing that would happen so close together in the same spot. And so we're going to have two of the eclipse festivals back to back, both at the ranch um, and, you know, figure out the best band to then go dead silent during that moment of, of total, total totality. Uh, Yeah. I mean, they just, that is just, once we found out about that, I mean, obviously it's like a once in a million lifetimes um, happening. Um, And there's, there's actually, there's already a lot of talk and planning going around, um, in that the hill country, they call it region, uh, preparing, especially for the, the total eclipse in 2024. I mean, that's the one that people are going to be coming hundreds of like hundred thousand people or tens of thousands of people are going to be coming to that area, uh, for the best views of that total eclipse. But yeah, it's just so crazy to have like the X happening to, uh, um, with the one in October. So, so that's, it's, it's kind of a cool, like natural kind of climax to this whole journey for us, I think. And there's like, it actually was kind of like foreshadowed in some of the art we had made. Um, interestingly, a few years back, we have like this logo that's like a like a sun and a, and a moon combo that that almost almost uh, resembles an eclipse. So that's that's been a that was a cool little element because now we're going to kind of like um, like I said, kind of crescendo with with those events. And then as of now, I mean, we're <clears throat> we're planning on after that just doing like the smaller like the Viva Utopia you know, 500 person camp out, maybe it would grow um, naturally again, but um, we're going to kind of, we're directing more of the focus on the music venue and, and, um, and other things in our lives. Uh, Cause we're, I don't know, I think we're, I don't know. I, I have a family now too, so it's getting pretty difficult to juggle everything. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. But geez, that's, that's absolutely crazy. That's something you couldn't actually buy, you know? And as you said, it oh, was, yeah kind of foreshadowed a couple of years ago that's stuff of movies almost no joke man yeah so um before we move on to the last couple of questions i've uh 
have a good one for you. In 50 or maybe 100 years time, when people look back at Utopia Fest, what do you hope they say? Mm. Oh, man. Um, I don't know what I hope they say, but so many people have come to me in the last couple of years and say that it changed their lives, that it set them right. It gave them a reset that they needed. And I just feel like if I continue to hear any of that, then we're, we're doing something right. I just hope, yeah, I hope it's still, the memory is still around. And I mean, I don't know, honestly, like I hope that it finds new hands or new stewardship and it's, I mean, and it's still going on and it's something they're still going to and, and talking about like how, how epic it has always been and, and how, what a uh, unique um, experience in the world that it, it created. And I don't know, I want people to be seeing like a clear um, impact on their, you know, their family trajectory or their, I mean, even that we have like young kids that have been going there, you know, for years now. So I mean, these are going to be people in their sixties and seventies, perhaps <laughs> and I just hope that they're uh, talking about what, what amazing memories and, uh, and uh, times they had there with their family. And hopefully they're going to be able to take their family at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Be actually cool if it became a, and I'm sure it will became a family tradition for people to pass exactly, down yeah. it certainly has and yeah but uh, but like like i said i mean now it's we're going to kind of like shift gears but yeah i would love to see a way forward and maybe like one day if we have are provided with more resources or more infrastructure it would uh something to make it more sustainable we can we can keep it going but um but i'll always do something out on the ranch i mean it's just our venue out there is just so special and there's nothing nothing that i've that i've seen like it i mean it's just just an incredible space. So I intend to keep using it in some way. Great to hear. Great to hear. And we'll uh, we'll move on to the last couple of questions then. This first one now, I've changed it around to, to suit you guys. If you could have any artist or performer from history, alive or dead, perform at a Utopia Fest, who would it be? <laughs> he is alive or dead. Oh, man. Oh man. Holy crap. That's so tough. There's there's a few on the list. I think David Byrne is high on my list for that and has been. Um yeah. I think Paul Simon's on that list yeah. for me and Flaming Lips are yeah. on that list. Yeah, Beethoven. Uh, <laughs> uh I really my goal would, right now would just I think Gorillas would be like the absolute perfect perfect band for us in my opinion um yeah geez yeah that's really hard to say of, of all time mm-hmm. it is a uh, kind of casting a very wide net to say all time alive or dead i suppose <laughs> um the next one if you could be locked in a room with any artist or performer for history for 24 hours who would it be <sighs> oh, yeah. wow that's really good Hmm. 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 I'm almost gonna stick with David Byrne on that one. Jeez. Jeez. Yeah. Jack White. I'll go Jack White. Ah, two good choices there. I actually haven't heard those before. It's the first time because at this stage, 
I've done quite a few episodes and I noticed that the same names tend to pop up over and over again. But those two now I don't think have ever been mentioned. So who do people say? Uh John Lennon, the Beatles, uh I think Bruce Springsteen has popped up a couple of times. Then, yeah. you know, Jimi Hendrix, guys like that. Yeah, yeah. And the final one. If there was a song to appear on the soundtrack to your lives, what would it be? Oh. Oh, wow. Oh, man. I think The Abyss by Paul Simon. Wow. <laughs> that's it. That is, that's super, that's super tricky. Um, 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 geez. What, what, what would it be? All tomorrow's parties. That <laughs> gun. I'm having a hard time thinking of one. I suppose it's a, a tough one to just spring on you like that. Yep. Um, man, I'm just, I have such a, I'm, I'm one of those people that ha- I have a hard time picking a favorite of anything because my tastes are so broad and like, I'm, it's hard to like really be to find one thing that like really stands out for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is such a, <clears throat> such fan. That's so many things. Uh, that's, that's no problem. That's no problem. And one last one to switch it around a bit. Is there something I should have asked you guys? Mm. Nice. I think we covered a lot of, of, of good ground. Um, I guess uh, one thing, I guess, there was a few other things about uh, the experience this year that we left out. Uh, something, something that's cool about uh, Reveille is that it has, uh, it's like a destination mountain biking, mountain bike uh, place. So year round, um, it just has like these really amazing trails uh, that people have carved out for mountain bikers. So that's also a big element. And I think Wayne mentioned the the disc golf, which is a, a really sweet uh, and unique course that you can kind of see the whole festival and hear the whole thing. And he also mentioned mountain biking, but then we'll have like yoga uh, as a big part. And then we'll have like workshops about all kinds of different stuff and just really cool, like food and beverage experiences. And, and yeah, and, it, and it's really cool how usually like main sponsors at, at festivals are like Budweiser or Coca-Cola or something, but like we have, you know, all local, like really craft and quality, like beverage uh, companies coming in, like a, uh, this one called Real Ale, which is like the biggest, uh, lo- biggest independent craft beer in Texas, I think, as a as a really big supporter, and like they have like experiences where they they're pouring cocktails and drinks for people and interacting with like the actual makers and owners, and then as well the same thing with a wine company. Um, <clears> that this love uh, being out there, just interacting one on one with people. And then um, another thing is it's very kid friendly, which I think we kind of touched on, but we have like a whole dedicated experience for, for families and, and young kids. And that's always been a thing that set, set the tone a lot. Um, people have called it like a wholesome feel that uh, because of all like the young kids that are running around, it kind of like keeps people reined in a little bit. So, so yeah, I mean, this, it's just, it's so much more than just like a music festival. It is really just like a, a holistic and just well-rounded experience for, for all types and like all ages of people. I mean, we've had, you know, eight month old kids to like 80 years old and and everything in between all different walks of life. And, 
And we've always really wanted it to just be a place where um, that's that you can unplug from technology and social media and just like the cares, the all the hot political, cultural, social issues and can all just like be set aside. And it's just about, you know, getting the most out of life and just really enjoying uh, nature and music and and fellow humans. We've just we've gone out of our way to really maintain uh, that that type of of space of inclusivity and like and and neutrality and really uh, make it a place where anyone can come in, feel welcome and, and feel the love. Brilliant, brilliant. I have to say it sounds like absolute heaven. <laughs> That's the goal. Well, you're definitely achieving it anyway. Listen, guys, I've really enjoyed chatting to you now and uh, getting an insight into Utopia Fest. And I look forward to seeing what you guys do in the future. Thanks, man. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Hello, everyone. I am Matthew Thomas, the Spirit of Super Cool Radio. And if you're looking for a great podcast that features the best independent and -and up-and-coming bands and artists, then check out my podcast, Super Cool Radio. Each week, I deliver fun interviews, and every Friday, I spin some killer music. You might not know some of these bands that I feature, but I guarantee you will love them. Check out Super Cool Radio on YouTube, Rumble, Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, or the streaming platform of your choice. Tune in and rock out! Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I for one surely did. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. Your 5 star review will be read out on the show. And don't forget, you can now rate us on Spotify. You can find and follow us on all social media at Concerts That Made Us Podcast. And don't forget to check out the website at www.concertsthatmadeus.com. And if you'd like to support the show, you can do so by signing up at patreon.com forward slash concerts that made us. So, until next time, keep rocking. Hey, hey, what are you guys still doing there? The show is over. It's over. You can go home. Go on. We'll see you next time. We'll be here. Bye.